just keep all that in, in mind. Well, let's go ahead and uh, we'll jump right into this uh, number 14. <clears throat> and I'm going to start at verse 20. If you, let's stand, if you will, in honor of reading God's Word, if you're able to. Or if you ain't, just war slap out. But uh, Numbers chapter 20, I mean, <laughs> chapter 14, verse 20. Chapter 14, verse 20. I don't know what I've said. I've said too much already. <laughs> Just do your best to find where I'm going. <laughs> it says, And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word, but as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men which had seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, I have not and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear to their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land wherein he went, and his seed shall possess it. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwelt in the valley, and tomorrow turn you and get you into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmurs against me? I have heard the murmuring of the children of Israel which they murmur against me. Say unto them, As truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in my ears, so will I do unto you. Your carcass shall fall in the wilderness, and all that were numbered of you according to your whole number from twenty years up and upward, which have murmured against me. Doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, Save or except for Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. But your little ones which ye said should be a prey, them will I bring in. And they shall know the land which ye have despised. But as for you, your carcass shall fall in the wilderness. And your children shall wander in the wilderness forty years and bear your whoredoms till their carcass be, till your carcass be wasted in the wilderness. After the number of days which he searched out the land, even 40 days, they searched it out for 40 days, and that would be a year for a day. And ye shall know my breach of promise. I, the Lord, have said it. I will surely do unto all this evil congregation that are gathered together against me in this wilderness. They shall be consumed, and there they shall die. And the men which Moses sent to search the land, who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against me, are bringing up a slander upon the land, even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. Father, we thank you for your word. And right now I just stop and ask you, Lord, to take over. Take over me and take me and use me, Lord, for your glory. That's all I want to do. If I can't do that, and I won't do that, I don't need to be here. And I want to honor your name. You are so worthy of all the glory and honor that can be bestowed upon you. And Father, I pray that you will help me, Lord, to speak tonight in a way that will glorify you and also will touch us and help us realize how important it is that we we follow you and that we seek your face. That's my heart's desire, Lord. Forgive me anything, anything, Lord, that stands between me and you. 
that will not allow you, Lord, to take control of me. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I titled this tonight as we get into it. Uh, sin, sin has its price. Sin has its price. And I guess probably, you know, whenever you, you say that, uh, a lot of times we, we, want to, we want to think of lost people, people who don't know the Lord, that sort of thing. But what, who, who I'm talking about and who, who I'm talking to is God's people, Christian people. How many, do you, do you believe that your sin, your sin has a price, even though you're a blood-bought child of God? And I opened up with grace, grace, God's grace. I don't, have a, I don't have a worry in the world of where I'm going to end up because of the grace of an almighty God. But I do need to be concerned about how I live my life right here and what sin can do to anyone. Anyone. If you don't think so, just look at a, a man called of God who was a mighty man. His name was Samson. He found out that sin will always take you further than you wanted to go. Right? That was someone called of God, anointed by the Holy Spirit. He also knew that sin will always keep you longer than you ever thought you'd stay. And sin will always cost you more than you want to pay, even though you may be a blood-bought child of Sin is sin. Sin is damaging. You don't, you don't need to play around with sin. How many of us can look around us and see families and lives shattered because of sin? I'm talking professing Christians. No, I don't know your heart. Only God does. But I know that there's a lot of people that are, have loved the Lord who have let sin cause them a tremendous amount of pain and heartache and suffering. Are you all with me? So I want to look at that tonight because I think that's one of the lessons that we can get from this and uh, this story. It's a great, you know numbers thirteen and fourteen, two chapters that they that that God just devoted to this story and what they, how the Israelites what they did and how they did it and what He did. And last week, if you'll remember, we just kind of do a little quick uh, quick review in 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 the fact that. Um, about the words, you remember, I, that's what I title it, that, you know, God's listening. <clears throat> and we say things. And we saw how there were some people who out of fear were saying negative things. And, and, and how it affected people and caused a riot. And then we saw people with a positive attitude who says, you know, I'm, you know folks, listen, I, I'm sure Joshua and Caleb probably saw the same giants, they probably said, you know, I don't, maybe it, they say, I don't know how we're going to do it, but I'm just going to do it because I'm going to trust in God. They may have had to deal with their own, own fears or whatever, but they were speaking, they were speaking things that would, would encourage and uplift and glorify the name of God. That's what they were doing. They, they may, it makes a difference too, don't it? Your words make a difference. 
It did for these folks. Not only that, then, then we got to see the words of a, a, a leader, a true, genuine, good, godly leader. Remember that? When God said, man, I'll kill them all, get rid of them, and I'll just raise up somebody from you. He didn't do it. Wow. That was pretty good. I don't know who it was. Could you play a little more of that for us? That's pretty good in my part one. I don't even know where it come from. I don't even know who I'm picking on, but it was pretty good. <laughs> wow. Now, where was I? <laughs> okay. So, uh, and, and if you will, just quickly in verse 9 of 14, chapter 14, I didn't read it, but uh, I just want to look at this quickly, but I'm on, Caleb and Joshua, they realized that the, uh, how the people were responding was uh, nothing more than rebellion. They were, they were rebelling against God. And if you'll see in verse 9, it says, only rebel not against the Lord. Don't rebel against the Lord. That's what you're doing. They didn't want to go in. And it was because of fear. Neither fear of the people. Fear had caused them not to want to do that. Fear had caused this uproar. Just push God aside and, and, and take matters into your own hand. Don't do that. Rebellion said, do not rebel. Hey, did you know that the Bible says over in Sammy that, you know, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. You know, it's probably, it's probably best to not tell God no. You think? Don't tell him no. But I tell you what, it's easy to catch ourselves doing that from time to time. So they, they, they knew that it was just strictly rebellion. And then I also in, in, in verse 4 it talks about, and they said to one another, let us make a captain and let us return to Egypt, wanting to return back to Egypt. Make it, get, we don't want Moses anymore. We'll change the leader. It's kind of interesting that the Lord listened to everything and let it go all the way to there. It got all the way to there, and once they did that, it was kind of like God said, well, here we go. And you can look at verse 11. And the Lord said unto Moses, how long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be, be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have showed among them? I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit them and will make of thee a greater nation, mightier than they. So God moved. And, I, and, and in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, when you have a congregation of folks or a group of folks who try to want to get rid of their leader, it probably is good that you, you watch what you're doing. Y'all, anybody with me on that? It's probably best. Now that's not to say that there's not leaders that need to be replaced. Okay? Y'all with me at that? But you should, you should really be careful about that. And um, a lot of times I've seen people shoved out who may not need to have needed to be shoved out. So it's, it's something to think about. But even though they decided they wanted to get rid of Moses, do you remember Moses' actions? You know what Moses did? <clears throat> he turned it to, back to the Lord and says, your long-suffering and mercy and forgiveness is at stake here. And the people will see it and they will say you were not able to do what you said you was going to do. You was going to take them there. As a matter of fact, I mentioned the fact that you reckon Moses might have had to dealt a little bit with the fact that, you know, they're going to raise up a whole nation from me. 
But Moses wasn't in it for him. Hear that. Hear that if you don't hear anything else. He, he, Moses was not there for himself. Now Moses was just a man and he wasn't perfect. But he, he wasn't there to pad his own pocket or make himself a name. He, he was not, that was not his, his reason for being there. And, the, and it showed. Not only that, I wrote this down. Moses. <clears throat> Moses is a picture of Christ who was willing to give up his own life that we, that, uh, we or that he might would save us. Christ laid, Christ laid his life down to save us. We had sinned, okay, big time. We separated from God. God had have, God have every right to wipe us off of the face of the earth and separate because of sin. But Jesus was willing to give up what he had. It's, hey, over there it tells us to have this same mind in Philippians that was in Christ that he didn't think holding on to equality with Christ was something he needed to hang on to. He could turn it loose. For what? For the sake of me. To save me. Moses could have said, well, I, think I'll, I think I'll take you up on that deal. He would not do it. He did not do it. He, he laid his life down so that they could be saved. And, God, and, and, and then that's where we'll pick up tonight and where I started reading in verse uh, 20. After, after Lord, Moses had talked to uh, the Lord about that, then, then, then uh, uh, the Lord says, I have pardoned according to thy word. Isn't that great? I don't know about those folks. I don't know what they knew or what was going on, but I tell you what, they are fortunate folk, aren't they? They have, they have been pardoned by God Almighty because someone was willing, someone was willing to lay their life down. And though their sin deserved to be wiped out, they were not. He had, he had pardoned them. He, was not, he would not hold that, that, that judgment of wiping them off. He didn't hold that against them. But there still was a price. There was still a price. No, they didn't. They were not destroyed. And folks, I'm not going to be destroyed. The wrath of God was poured out on a man on a cross so that the wrath of God would not be poured out on me. The wrath of God was poured out on Jesus. It will not be poured out on Eddie. My sins were nailed to the boy. I tell you what, I looked at that today when I thought about that. My sins are nailed to the cross. I looked at that old song. They are nailed to the cross. Man, that's some wonderful, wonderful words. There was one who was willing to die in my stead. Man, that a soul so unworthy might live. Boy, that was good. Man, that's good. That whole song. They are nailed to the cross. Aren't you glad? But they can still hurt you. They can still hurt you. The sins of the believer. So God had pardoned the sin. But I, let me, let me, I say that because though their sins were pardoned, and I just put this down, but sin produces bitter fruit. Okay? Sin produces bitter, bitter fruit. I just mentioned to you about a man called a God named Samson. But I want to read to you for what a man said that was called a God. As a matter of fact, God called him a man after my own heart. Here's what this man said 
And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. Praise God, hallelujah, amen? How be it? Does sin have a price? How be it? Because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. As a matter of fact, your sin has affected the glory of God in the eyes of people. Don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. You hear me praying here? I want to make sure I'm glorifying the Lord. I don't want my words to be something, especially here, that's not right. He said, because of that, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. Wow. Does this still work like this today? Your sin has a price. And Nathan departed unto his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David, and it was very sick. I never can get over this. <laughs> might, have been, might have been David's child, but it was still Uriah's wife. Amen? But it was sin. David knew it. David called it for what it was. I have sinned. I hope everybody here at some time has come to the place where you have admitted that. Because until you have, I don't think you can be saved. I have sinned. I've sinned and come short of the glory of God and I need a Savior. Mm, mm, mm. So, that, but the sin was pardoned. And then God says, uh, and, and, and I'll just hit this quickly. Uh, God said he gave them their, their request you go back in um, <clears throat> or look down and say unto them, verse 28, say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in my ears, so will I do unto you. And, and just to realize that they had said, you know, it'd be better if we just died in the wilderness. That's what they said. He said, that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Now, just keep all this in mind. They're going, they're going back to the wilderness. They may be going back to the wilderness. But their sin has been pardoned. And the wrath of God is not going to be poured out on them. But they're still dealing with this issue. And God's dealing with them in it. Okay? And then, uh, but then, uh, in, it, it, look at verse, uh, <clears throat> I love verse 24. Even though he, he had said that, you know, that they're going back to the wilderness and their carcass and they're going to die there, be there 40 years. Caleb and Joshua were excluded. Wow. I thought about, hey, but that's faith and faithfulness. Doesn't matter. Hey, hey, don't follow the crowd. You don't have to follow the crowd. And if you just be faithful, how many, how many times have you heard here, bless, blessings follow obedience. Hey, let me ask you this. Do you, think, do you think Caleb and Joshua were blessed men? They sure were. They were blessed men. Said they had a different spirit. Caleb had a different, a different spirit within him. And then, the, uh, and then up in there, we're talking about their little ones. Verse 31, but your little ones that you said would be a prey, 
I'm taking care of them. You just think you're taking care of them. But I'm taking care of them. And I love the fact that even though your mom and daddy may not live for the Lord or might not give you the good example, you can if you want to. That's up to you. Those, those little ones would one day march right back up and cross the Jordan River and go into the promised land. They sure did. They followed the Lord. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? So, you know, just follow the Lord. I, mean, I know there's a lot of people that's had a lot of struggles in their life and had to put up with a lot of things. But man, there's the Lord. He stands waiting. Open arms. Come follow me. Come follow me. I know that, you know, I, I think about that, the cost of discipleship that uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer wrote, wrote that about. And then he, he, and then he proved it. He was a living life proof of, of what it may cost you to follow Jesus. But I can assure you, whatever it costs you to follow Jesus is, is, is not like the cost that, you're, that sin will cost. Sin has a price, and it costs. So the little ones would enter, and then in verse uh, 35, I just wanted to hit this real quick. Verse 35, and, 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 and it says, I, the Lord, have said, I will surely do it unto all this evil congregation that are gathered together against me. You might have thought that you were just mad with Moses. But you had rebelled against me. That's the reason that you, you need to pay attention to, a lot of times to what you do. You know, and wh- what side you, you fall on or what camp you fall in. You need to be, you need to be careful on, on that kind of stuff because it, it, does, it does make a difference. The rejection of Moses was really a rejection of God. And then this, and listen to this closely, 36 and 37. And the men which Moses sent to search the land who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him by bringing up a slander upon the land, even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. Not Joshua and Caleb, it says they live still. There was that blessing. Those other ten, they died now. They were taken out because of that. Now, if you go and look at the beginning of this, whenever God told Moses to send a man, he said, you go get the leader ahead of each one of the, the tribes, 12, 12 men ahead of the tribe. I guess you'd probably say that that was probably the leader. You get the, you get the leader. And I say that because leaders, leaders, have a greater responsibility. Remember that. Eddie, remember that. You have a great responsibility. And in the book of James, James 3.1, it says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. Amen? And so many times, so many folks wants to be the, the teacher. I want to lead the class. I want to be the leader. All of those kind of things. I mean, so, but understand, with leadership comes a greater responsibility, especially with God's people. With God's people. As a matter of fact, the ESV, here's the way it said it. And the masters there in most all your translations are going to be teachers. But it says, not many of you should become teachers. My brothers, 
For ye know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. That's God's word. That's God's word. It makes a difference. You may need to be a teacher, but if you're a teacher, realize your responsibility. You know, that you have a really heavy responsibility. You know, I know there's many out there, you know, that, that teach. I mean, I, I see Mark back there, and I know a lot of folks talk about how well Mark does as a teacher. But with, with that comes a responsibility to God's people to not do the wrong thing. Okay? So I just wanted to, to throw that in. And now let's, let's move on quickly because I'm going to finish out the chapter. Now this part I did not read, but I want to finish this out. This kind of just puts everything into context there, what's going on and what happened and what God has said that he will do. Now, <clears throat> now we have something similar to what I read about David, and he he said, I've sinned. So let's look at uh, verse uh, 39. It says, And Moses told these things unto all the people of the children of Israel. So God has been, I mean, this is Moses and God talking what we've been looking at. Now, now the leader, the leader's got to go out here and tell all the people. <laughs> we're going back into the wilderness, and uh, we're going to stay there until y'all die. Okay, I mean, that's, that's what's happening here. That's what he tells. And what did they do? It says, uh, and the people mourned greatly. Repentance is a good thing. Amen? To repent of the sin. Hmm. But it, it, you always have to ask the question, is it, is it, is it true repentance? It says, uh, and Moses said, uh, told these sayings unto all the people of the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. And they rose up early in the morning and got them up into the top of the mountain, saying, Lo, we be here, and we'll go up unto the place which the Lord has promised, for we have sinned. Is that a correct all? That straighten everything out? No, it didn't. You know why? Same thing. Listen, they're doing the same thing right now that they did when we started. They said, what you, how you, what you mean? God had told them to go into the promised land. And they said, we won't go. We're not going to follow your word. Here, God is telling them, you're going back to the wilderness. You're not going into the promised land. They said, no, we don't, we don't want to do that. We, we, I think we'll, we'll go fight now. You've got our attention, Lord. I know I've got your attention. But your sin's got a prize. You're not going in there. You're not going in. You're going to the wilderness. Wow. My goodness gracious. You know, I think about David when he said he had sinned. And that thing said, 
Yeah, but God, is, he, 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 he's not going to kill you. You're not going to die. But it's going to cost. There's things that's going to happen. And folks, let me tell you, it did. And, and it went on. And his family suffered greatly through the years. But I, I think about what David did. All that, what David did was he, he fell on his face and went to crying and praying and fasting and doing everything. He took it to the Lord. Because he said, you know, who knows what the Lord may do. He may repent of what he's done. He may save this child. He may. He knew that. God can do whatever he wants to. And he knows our heart. And that's what David did. But they show back up. They show back up and say, well, we're, we're ready to go fight now. But the only thing is, folks, is that their sin is that the Lord's told them not to go back in there. As a matter of fact, they told them, I'm not going back in there with you. And now what are you going to do without, out of your own ability without me? Christian, what are you going to do with, on your own ability without the Lord? We, we, we can't do anything with, apart from him. Johnny talked about that Sunday morning, Biden in the vine. We got that. We need him to do that. So, I wrote down here, they mourn greatly and we have sinned, but repentance, here, this, whatever it was, doesn't eliminate the bitter fruit. Okay? And I, I mean, I, I really don't want to be sad and down here because I'm, I'm just saying that this is good to realize and know that it, our, the sin, it's important. And they may be, you know, if you're like me, there's little things that God continues to work with me in my life that things that shouldn't be there and stuff of that nature. But they, there's a, there, there's a, there is a price for the sin. They, now listen, I, I put down that they've seen, they had seen the error of their ways but still had not learned the lesson of obedience to God's word and will. They hadn't learned that lesson. His God, hey, let me ask you something. Was it God's will for them to go into the promised land? Yes. He told them to. But right now, what's the word? What is God's will now? To go to the wilderness. That's God's will. You need to listen to God's word. You say, but I don't like it. Well, you didn't like that. You didn't like it when he said go in. Now you don't like it when he says, no, you ain't going in. You know, make up your mind. You want, you know, want to follow him. You don't want to listen. And boy, <clears throat> I put this down. You can't accomplish God's work apart from God's will and God's blessing. We want to go in and do it now. Well, God says, I ain't there. I, yeah, that's not where I want you to go. And his blessing's not there. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. Hey, and let me tell you something. Think about this. There's two fellows here by the name of Caleb and Joshua, and their name ain't in this group. <laughs> ain't that all? Joshua and Caleb didn't show up with them. They're the ones who been saying, hey, we can do it. Well, uh, Joshua and Caleb could say, well, man, we've got to cry. We've got to, we, they're, they're with us now. Come on, let's go. Boy, isn't it good whenever you you got a good enough relationship with God whenever you understand what He says in His will and His word and you do it. 
They were right where they needed to be whenever he said go in, Joshua and Caleb will handle themselves just like they needed to as faithful servants. But when it comes to this right here, they also were right where they needed to be. They weren't up there saying, let's go, because they knew they needed the Lord. And if he wasn't there, they weren't going. We need to remember that. And sin has a way of... It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do away with our relationship with God. But buddy, it can wreak havoc on your fellowship with the living God. And if you can't fellowship with Him too good, you probably don't get to hear His Word too good. And then you have to kind of lean on your own understanding. And then if you ain't careful, you know what you do? You mess up. And it all goes back to the sin. That pride. Lust, when it has conceived, brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. That, the prize. That's in the book of James. So you can accomplish God's work apart from God's will and God's blessing. And his will now is that they go to the, and Joshua and them wasn't there. But I wrote this down. How many, how many Christians, see, that's, what, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about. It's, God, it's God's people. God's people. How many Christians today realize their failings and then try to work, make up for it in fleshly activities that only lead to discouragement and defeat. Because, fellas, now listen. God, God is God and He can do anything He wants to at any time He wants to. But from right here, what we're reading here and looking at His Word, it appears to me that it it's possible that there's a window of opportunity and time that the Christian needs to move and do what God wants him to do. And when that's past, it's past. And later on, whenever you realize, it's probably not a real good thing to go back then unless God takes you back. It's, when it's, it's past, it's past. It's okay. But God still loves you. God still uses you. He just may not use you there at that way. And that's, that's another thing as far as the, the sin. It can, it can affect this, your life and your walk with Christ. How many, how many Christians are not fulfilling possibly what the Lord would, would have them to do just simply because of things that they allow in their life? I mean, it's something to, something to think about. <clears throat> so the best thing to do... <laughs> whether you like it or not, is to surrender to the will of God. That's what they'd be better off doing. See, they said, uh, we've sinned. And Moses said, why now, in verse 41, why do you transgress the commandment of the Lord? It shall not prosper. You're doing the same, you're doing the same thing. Go not up, for the Lord's not among you that you be not smitten before your enemies. And the Malachites and Canaanites are there before you, and ye shall fall by the sword, because you turned away from the Lord. Therefore the Lord will not be with you. Here's, here's God's leader. Here's God's man. Giving them God's word. Did y'all hear it? How many, don't you think they understood what Moses said? But they presumed 
to go up into the hilltop. Nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord, that's which was God's presence, and, and Moses departed not out of the camp. I believe Joshua and Caleb was there too. They ain't good. They weren't there, but we're going to do it anyway. And the Malachites came down, the Canaanites which dwell in the hill, and they smoked them and discomfited them. In other words, they whipped them good. God's will. You're better off just to surrender to God's will. See, folks, I'm telling you something. This is why it's so important that you as an individual person, you have a personal relationship and fellowship with the living God and let Him lead and guide you and you listen to Him and what He says. To me, that's important. You're the one that's responsible for it. You're the one that's going to stand before Him. If there's something that He's trying to move and wanting you to move or go into, listen closely. Whether it's what you want to do or what... It may not be what you want to do. I, I mean, I can't, I can't say that. But <clears throat> surrender to God's will. And I, and I got this here from uh, Warren Wiersbe, but I think it's so good. You may not agree with this. <laughs> far better, far better to wander in the wilderness in the will of God than to fight a losing battle out of the will of God. Amen? I, if, Lord, if you want me in the wilderness, <laughs> I don't want to go, but I'm going. I might tell him that. I, you know, I want you there now. I, what he may do something with you, I don't know. But the thing about it is, what I love is the fact that he hasn't left me. He hasn't left me. He said, I ain't going with you back in there to fight him because I told you to and you wouldn't do it. Now you're presuming to go do something I told you not to again. I'm not going to be there, but I'm going to be with you. But we're going back to the wilderness. But if nothing else, you may not want to be in the wilderness, but praise God if you're in the wilderness, praise God that he's with you. Because he said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you if you belong to him. And I hope everyone in this place belongs to him. And they know him personally. They don't know about him. They know him. They know they know that they know him. Yes, that's important. Every one of you, I love you. But your salvation is between you and Almighty God. Mm, mm -mm. So surrender to his will. Wow. And I wrote this. Tony, you can ease, ease up. Ease up there. Get ready. In... Uh, which I've already alluded to this, but in both cases, they're refusing to enter the promised land and then their refusal to leave it. They were acting in their own selfish will and desire and not the will and desire of the Lord. Did you understand that? The, re the reason they did not want to go in there in the first time is because of fear. They, they saw the giants. They saw what was waiting there. They didn't want to go in there. It didn't look good for them. It didn't... It, I, if it doesn't look good for me, if it doesn't look pleasing to me, if it looks like it's going to be difficult to me, I don't want to go. But when we get over here to the other one, and after he says, you're going back in the wilderness, you're going to stay there till you die. I'll be there with you, and I'm going to be there with you, and then I'm going to bring your children, and we're going back in there. But this is what's going to happen now. And you say, oh yeah, but I don't like that. So they say, well, we're going to go in there and fight. At both times, they're operating on what they want because of their own desire, because there's going to be some discomfort, and I don't want to go there. How about the will of God, regardless 
of what that will may be of his. You know, I, I probably believe I'm not going to be able to get on TV with this message. But I believe it with all my heart. And I want to share this as a close because there is some, sometimes there's some misunderstanding about the promised land. And I think this is good. Keep in mind, keep in mind that Canaan, or the promised land, is not a picture of heaven. Okay? Uh, If you're like me, many, many times I, I think like that. I thought like that. As a matter of fact, I'll grab a guitar and sing a song in a heartbeat that kind of alludes to the fact that we're moving over into heaven whenever we're going into the promised land. But that's not what this is about. So I really want to know what this is about. What is the promised land? Let me tell you something. In the promised land, did they have, to, did they have battles in the promised Did they have to fight in the promised land? Did they have, when they went in, did they have to fight and all that kind of stuff? That right there kind of lets me know I ain't going to heaven to fight. <laughs> Y'all planning to go, you going to go to heaven to fight? No, I'm going to heaven to rest. That's a rest. Jesus already done the fight. Hey, the battle's over. For me, it's over. Keep in mind that the chain is not a picture of heaven. It is a symbol of the life of blessing and battles, progress, and victory that we have in Christ as we yield to him and trust him. That's the promised land. What's the promised land? Following the Lord. Following the Lord's the promised land. Him being there with you. Him working in your life. I'm a, I'm a child of God. These were children of God. These Israelites, they, they were chosen of him. I'm chosen to him. I belong to him. I am his child. But the promised land for me is right here in this life. And the promised land is being able to live this life and see God work in my life and fight battles for me and find victories. And whenever I do slip up and and falter and I find that my sin has cost me to rejoice in the fact that my God is still there, he's still with me, and he's still working. That's the promised land. I want to live in the promised land till I go to heaven. Right? Does that make sense? How many people are wandering in the wilderness? Children of Christian people wandering in the wilderness because they're not there. Christ is not working in their life. They belong to him. But they have shoved aside. They have got out of the will of God. They're living in the wilderness. That's where they are. And if something doesn't happen, they're probably where they're going to stay until they die. But it don't have to be that way. We don't have to live that. We can live in victory right here and now through Christ. And our surrendering to Him and His will is what we need to do. We make mistakes. Don't run back and try to presume on God and go work in your own abilities. You're going to get disgusted 
and frustrated. Just keep your eyes on him. Just keep letting him work in your life. That's what he wanted to do there. That's what he was going to do with them. I believe, I believe he worked in their lives the 40 years they were in the, the wilderness. But their, their disobedience had taken them to that place. <clears throat> our sin, our disobedience can shove us in the wilderness instead of the promised land right now today. Does that make sense? I want to live in the promised land until I go to heaven. I'm going to heaven whether I live in the promised land or the wilderness. <laughs> That's good. That's so good. That's so good. Isn't it good? God's grace. But I want Him to be the, I want him to be the Lord of all. I want, him to, I, want, I want to surrender to His will. <clears throat> I have a struggle with that. I don't mind admitting that because it's true. But he knows my heart. I love the Lord. I hate it whenever I fall short. I mourn like they did and I say I have sinned. But I'm so thankful like David. It didn't stop God from doing what God was going to do with David. Oh, he suffered. His family suffered. But there's a man named Jesus who said that he's coming through the lineage of David. It didn't stop that, did it? God's will would be performed. Wow. Some good stuff here. Them two chapters, they're loaded. They're loaded. Let's stand tonight, if you will. If you're here tonight, the altar's open. Uh, thank the Lord for His presence. If you don't know Jesus, come tonight. Just let me know.